Good morning again, and if you're online with us, good morning. Glad that you are here, and uh, as we go through the sermon this morning, we encourage you to um, interact, say amen virtually when you feel the need to, whatever it is, you know, Uh, but uh, comment, interact, ask questions, things like that, and we would uh, invite you to do that. If you're in the room, then you can ask questions after, and we can have a conversation, so it'll be good. Um, So we're going to be in John 15 again this morning as we wrap up our Abide series this morning. Um, And so the main idea for this whole series has been God accomplishes His work in us and through us when we abide in Him. We're talking today about the idea of bearing fruit or producing fruit, which is really not a very normal thing to talk about outside of like Scripture. Like you don't necessarily go to work and say, well, today I got a lot done. I produced a lot of fruit today. Unless you're just like a, what's that person called? An orchard person, a farmer, I don't know, unless you're that, right, um, then you actually do produce fruit. But, um, so outside of Scripture, so we're going to get on say, like, what is that? What is this fruit that Jesus is talking about? But as we see this, if we want to produce fruit, abiding in Christ is the key. If you've got your Bible this morning, go to John chapter 15. We're going to read verses 1 through 8 again this morning. Um, it could be read every day. It is such a rich passage, so much truth that Jesus has given to us in John chapter 15. And as we read this, remember Jesus is teaching his disciples right before the time that he would die on the cross. We've looked at this word abide, seeing that it means to dwell, to rest, to stay connected to Jesus. Um, I quoted this guy last week as well. His name's Andrew Murray. He was a, an author and a pastor in the early 1900s, and he says this beautifully. He says, abiding in Christ is an intensely personal relationship, the losing of ourselves in the fellowship of an infinite love, finding our life in the experience of being loved by him, being nowhere at home but in his love. I love that last line. It's such a good way to think about abiding, being nowhere at home but in his love. If you've ever traveled for, you know, a few days or whatever, and you kind of live out of a suitcase for a bit, like you know you're not at home, and that's just like everything is just off. And abiding is that sense of I am at home in Christ. Abiding is finding our home in Christ. Let's read John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, and then we'll talk through it together. Jesus is speaking here, and he says, I am the true vine. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing." If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. We're going to talk through that this morning. We're going to break that down a little bit more, but let's pray before we go further in that. God, again, we thank you for our time together. Lord, we ask that you'd speak to our hearts. Let your word come alive to us this morning. Holy Spirit, help us understand it. Help us obey your word. Help us learn what it means to abide in you and bear much fruit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to get into the scripture here in a moment. But when I was in university, I took a computer class about spreadsheets. 
right? If you're on the edge of your seat with excitement right now, then good, just stick with me. And if you're like tuning out because that's boring, well, just hang on, right? I actually loved it. I enjoyed the class. One of the things I remember learning was this thing called the if-then function that you can write into a spreadsheet. It kind of works like this. If-then is a computer programming statement that compares two or more sets of data and then tests the results. If the results are true, then the instructions are taken. If not, then the else function or other, right, instructions are taken. It's really exciting, right, and really helpful. But, so if you write an if-then function correctly in your Excel spreadsheet or whatever, you will get the results that you need. But if you expect it to give you something that you didn't write into the code, it won't work. So as we continue with our Abide series, this is a little bit of what our spiritual lives are like. Today we'll be talking about the bearing fruit part of John 15. It kind of works like an if-then function. If we abide in Christ, then we will bear much fruit. And the order of that is essential. Because if we're expecting to bear fruit but not abiding, then we're looking for unnatural results. It won't work. It doesn't happen that way. It happens if we are abiding Christ, then we will bear much fruit. And so if we attempt to live the Christian life without abiding in Christ, we'll fail. We'll get frustrated. It will feel like a heavy burden to say, I've got to do this. I need to make sure I keep all of this up. I need to do the things that God wants me to do. I need to do all of these things. But if we're trying that apart from abiding, it becomes a heavy burden. We must have the if-then order correct. Bearing fruit comes after abiding in Christ. It's the natural result. And there's a purpose in all of this. Right? It's such a beautiful thing that God, Jesus, invites us to abide in him, and yet it's not just about me, it's not just about you. Abiding has a purpose. It has this purpose of bearing fruit to the glory of God so that Jesus is glorified, so that God is seen in our lives and in our churches as we abide in Christ. We're bearing fruit. Sometimes we all have to remember, life is not about me. I have to remember that often. <laughs> like sometimes it's really easy to get stuck in like, hey, I am the center of the universe. But it is not about me. And as we abide in Christ, we bear fruit for the sake of the glory of God and for the sake of other people around us. As we bear fruit, God is glorified. Our main idea this morning is this. Bearing fruit is the natural result of abiding in Christ. Bearing fruit is the natural result of abiding in Christ. Okay, we're going to start, kind of track through this. Why bear fruit? Like, what's, like what's the reason? I want to take, take you on a little bit of a journey through the Bible to see how this idea of bearing fruit, of multiplying, is part of God's plan and even part of creation itself. So for the next few moments, I'm going to move really fast. This is all going to be on the screen, but I have a point in doing all this, all right? So track with me. Um, we're going to see how from Genesis and Exodus and in the book of Acts, how we see this played out in what God has designed. So in Genesis, Genesis 1.11, God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And then in Genesis 1.22, God creates the fish and the birds, and he says this, And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters in the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. Then when God created humans in verse 120, Genesis 1.28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Uh, subdue, 
excuse me, and subdue it. You see a pattern here? Then he's talking to Noah in Genesis 9, and God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Genesis 17, God's talking to Abraham. He says, I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come before you. Genesis 35, God's talking to Jacob, the grandson of Abraham, and God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. Then the Israelite people, they're living in Egypt in the book of Exodus. It says, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. Fast forward a little bit to the book of Acts and the Word of God in chapter 6, Acts 6, 7. It says, the Word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 16, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. And then finally in Galatians, we get a little bit of a different twist on it. Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Here's what I want us to see with all of this. God has designed bearing fruit and multiplying into creation, into his people, and into his church. That by design, we as Christians are to bear fruit, to increase and multiply. It's not just about me. It's about God's kingdom growing and expanding in our own hearts and in lives of people all around us and all around the world. We are designed to produce the fruit of the Spirit through our lives. We are designed to multiply, see more and more people loving and following Jesus. So how do we do that? From Scripture, the short, easy answer is abide in Christ. And abide in Christ is a lifetime of living that out, of following Jesus. We bear fruit as we abide in Christ. Let's see what Jesus was saying here again in John 15 about bearing fruit. And as we look at this passage, we'll see that bearing fruit is the natural result of abiding in Christ. Again, Jesus gives us this imagery of a vine and branches. And it's so clear and so helpful that connected to the vine equals bearing fruit. Disconnected from the vine equals not bearing fruit. Again, if we look at verses 4 and 5, these are really kind of the, the main thing of what Jesus is trying to communicate here. He says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We cannot produce fruit from our lives. We cannot bear the fruit that God is calling us to unless we are abiding in him, connected to him. But when we are abiding in Christ, the natural result is that we bear fruit. Jump ahead a little bit to verse, well, there's a whole lot in this, in John chapter 15. We didn't even, I mean, verse 7 he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Man, think about that. Think about that, the, the invitation there Jesus is giving us. This idea of prayer and as we're abiding in him. Now, this does not mean that we just literally say, ask whatever I want and God will give it to me. But no, as we are abiding in him, our hearts are aligned with his. And we begin to care about and pray about the things that God cares about and desires. And God answers those prayers because they're already his desires. That as we're abiding in Christ, God is answering our prayers because our desires are in line with him. And then we look at verse 8. 
This is where Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. God is glorified, or made known, or attention is put on him as we bear fruit. This is this proves, or this idea is like it shows, it makes evident that we are his disciples. Bearing fruit is the evidence that we are connected to the vine, that he is working in us, that we are becoming more and more like Jesus. All right, we're going to shift gears just a little bit, make this hopefully practical and see what this means, see how this kind of plays out in our lives. So you can just kind of nod your head if you're tracking with me, if you're good, right? If you're online, just nod your head and we won't know that you're nodding your head. It's okay. Um, But all right, so what does this look like in our lives? few thoughts before I get into some of my points here. First of all is we cannot force bearing fruit, right? If you and I attempt to live the Christian life apart from abiding in Christ, we'll get frustrated and ultimately we'll fail. We daily need the Spirit of God working in us and through us. We can't just kind of spiritually, in a sense, just like muscle up and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be good, I'm going to do the right things, I'm going to do all that God wants me to do. We cannot do that on our own. It requires being connected. Think about this imagery. Jesus, is, he's using this idea of a vine. Think about grapes on a grapevine. They have no power in themselves to create themselves. Grapes do not create themselves. They exist as fruit because of their connection to the vine. We cannot force it. It's the natural result of abiding in Christ. And I think this is, again, this is the point that Jesus is making to his disciples. He wants them and us to see that we are completely, 100% dependent on him to work through us. And so, does this mean we sit back and do nothing? Say, okay, well, I'm abiding, I just sit back and do nothing. Yes and no, right? Because abiding is resting in the Lord, letting him work through us. But abiding is also active. Last week we talked about these daily practices that we can do that bring us into a place of abiding. These are necessary things. God does the work, but what's our role in abiding? What's our role in bearing fruit? I think one, of our thing, one, one thing that's our role is obedience, right? We must take steps of obedience. If I'm prompted by God's Spirit, to give generously to someone. I have to obey and take the steps to do that. It doesn't just happen automatically, right? As I'm abiding and God puts that in my heart, I take the step of obedience to do that. So we must obey. I think secondly, we are kind of our role in bearing fruit is we have to examine our lives. We have to pay attention to the fruit, for better or worse, that we are producing. And this is a daily active thing, that we're taking notice of what's coming out of our lives. We're taking notice of our words, of our attitudes, of our actions, of all these things. We're paying attention and saying, God, examine my heart. This is an active role that we're playing in abiding and in producing fruit. If you look back at the scripture, here in John 15, in verses 2 and 3, it's this idea of pruning, right? Pruning, if you've got a tree, you're, you're cutting off certain things so that it becomes more fruitful. In verse 2, it says, every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. In verse 3, he says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So what's Jesus getting at here? As Christians, we are in a continual process of pruning. This idea of the Lord God taking away, removing parts of our life that are not bearing fruit or parts that are bearing bad fruit. 
There's a fancy word for this. It's called sanctification. It's this idea that we are growing. We're becoming more and more like Jesus as he works in us. In verse 3, as he speaks to his disciples, he says, you are already clean. The word clean there and the word pruned are the same root word. So it's as if Jesus could have said, you are already pruned because of the, the word that I've spoken to you. He says, you've been hearing my words as they were with Jesus. He was telling them, you've been listening. You're following me. You're putting your faith in me. You are becoming more and more like Jesus. He says, you're already clean because of these words that I have spoken to you. He, is taking this, he was taking his disciples through this process, and he takes us through this process of becoming more and more like Jesus. All right, so this morning, let's look at three truths about bearing fruit, three things um, that we want to notice. Truth number one, abiding produces the fruit of the Spirit. Truth number two, abiding produces the fruit of good works. And truth number three, abiding produces the fruit of sharing your faith. All right. Truth number one, abiding produces the fruit of the Spirit. This takes us back to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. There Paul writes, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So abiding in Christ if we're talking about this idea, okay, what is the fruit, right? One of those things, abiding in Christ, produces the fruit of the Spirit. Now notice in this scripture, it does not say fruits, plural. It says fruit. I had a friend one time that told me, he was like, yeah, he's like, every month I'm just working on one of those things. One month I'm focusing on love, and then one month I'm focusing on joy. But that's not the point of this. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean take them one by one and get better at them. It is a natural result of the Spirit of God in our lives. It's a natural result of abiding in Christ that we are producing, we are bearing the fruit of the Spirit. As we're abiding in Christ, love is coming through, joy is coming out, peace is coming out, patience. In all of this list, these things are the evidence of the Holy Spirit in us, evidence that we are abiding in Christ. If you're like me, you want to see this in your life. You want to see these things. We have to know we will never be able to produce these things apart from the Spirit. Now, we can be kind, we can be nice, we can be, you know, we can have moments of patience, we can have all of these things. But in order to see the, this whole kind of like package of fruit coming out of our lives, it only happens through abiding in Christ. It doesn't happen through just working harder and, and being nicer. We need the Spirit of God in us. I am learning this personally. This is something God is doing in my heart. That I am learning to say, okay, if I am impatient or unloving with my kids or my wife, or if I'm lacking joy in my life, whatever it is, it's not because I just need to work harder and be more loving and patient, right? Those are good things, true. But ultimately, it's an abiding in Christ issue. If I'm impatient, it means I'm not abiding in Christ. If I'm unloving, it means I'm not abiding in Christ. And I need the grace of God in those moments, and God is teaching me, and and we have to go back to that question, sometimes daily, sometimes hourly. Am I abiding in Christ? A natural result of abiding in Christ will be the fruit of the Spirit evident in our lives. You may need someone in your life to say like, hey, 
something's off here. Are you abiding in Christ? Like, that's a good part of the church that we're reminding each other, we're encouraging each other to examine our hearts and say, what is being produced out of our lives? Truth number two, abiding produces the fruit of good works. Should Christians do good works? Of course we should. But good works are a result of abiding in Christ. They are not a way to earn something from God. So good works are a good thing. They're not a good thing if we think they're going to earn us something with God. But when they are the result of God working in us, that's the way that God has designed us. That when we are abiding in Christ, we will produce the fruit of good works. We will have the desire to take action, to do good, to serve others, to care for the needy, to encourage the discouraged, to cook a meal for someone, to give our time and our resources. These are good works that God has designed for us as followers of Jesus to do. Like, we should be good neighbors. We should be good people, not because we think that we just have to do that on our own, because it's a natural thing that's coming out of our lives because of Jesus, right? In Ephesians chapter 2, we're given this snapshot of salvation. That salvation comes by the grace of God towards us through faith in him. But if we look at what follows in verse 10 of Ephesians 2, it says this, Paul writes, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has created us that a result of our salvation, a result of our connection to Christ is good works. Jesus talked about this also in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. When we are connected to the vine, receiving our life, our motivation from Jesus, we will be people who do good works for the purpose of God being noticed, God being glorified. My prayer in my own life and for us as a church, may we be a people who serve and love in such a way that the watching world is in awe of how we live and awe of how we love and that God would be glorified because we do good works. I think an example for a church is this. We recently started the food bank in, in the little Burgundy neighborhood, right? We did this for a few reasons. We did it because it's a need. Like there are people who are hungry and we want to help. We want to do that. But we also do it because it's I believe, a natural result of the body of Christ. It is good works produced out of a church that's abiding in Christ. And through it, our prayer is that people have their needs met and people have food, but also we do it because we want to see God glorified. We want to see God made famous, God known, God recognized in our community. The good works abiding produces the fruit of good works in our lives. And the third truth this morning Abiding produces the fruit of sharing your faith. As Christians, we are called to make disciples and to share the good news of Jesus. This is a good thing and a good desire. You are designed to bear fruit. Because God's work of salvation is not just for you, right? He wants to work 
in you so that he can work through you so that others may know him. Again, so that God is glorified. So we think about this, like, okay, sometimes sharing our faith or evangelism becomes this thing that we say, okay, yes, I need to do that. I should do that. It's something I need to, like, I'm not doing right now, but I need to go and do. And it is something, it is a step of obedience that we are called to for sure. We are called to share the good news of Jesus with others. But if we try to do this in our own strength, we will only get frustrated. It will become a burden rather than a joy. Because sharing our faith or evangelism is a natural result of being connected to the vine. If I had a glass of water here and I just started pouring water into it, eventually it's going to overflow. It's a simple image, but that's what evangelism should look like. Sharing our faith with others should be just an overflow of what God is doing in our lives where we can't help but share. You know, think about, um, you remember when they, long ago, there used to be these things called movie theaters, and you could go and sit in a room with maybe 100, maybe 200 other people and watch a movie together, right? It was ancient history. But, so if you went to a movie and you loved it, it was awesome, you'd leave and you'd talk to me, oh, have you seen this movie? It's so good. Like, that's the concept of evangelism, that we have good news to share, and it naturally overflows. We can't contain it. And Acts Chapter 4, there's a story where Peter and Paul, they, they healed someone and they're preaching and they're on trial for preaching the gospel. They're told to stop preaching and their response to the, the authorities gives us a glimpse of how sharing the gospel is overflow. In verse 20, they said, we, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. This is what evangelism is. This is what sharing our faith is as we are abiding in Christ. As we are experiencing the goodness of God, the grace of God in our lives, as every day we're just amazed, God, you've forgiven me, you love me, there's hope for me, that becomes an overflow where we cannot contain it. And the people around us will begin to see in our actions and see in our lives and hear in our words the good news of Jesus that's at work in us begins to come out of us. We cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. So what does this look like? And, and, and this, I, I hope this is actually far more practical than we might think it is. I think it, it looks like this, that as you go through your day, maybe you're at home more than normal right now, and that's fine. But as you go through your day, you know, one thing I do right now is I take my kids to, I, I take Brock, I take my son to school, and I pick him up after school and all those kind of things. There's other people around. And often, as I go to do that, I pray. I think, God, help me abide in you at this moment. And I trust you to bear fruit through me. Lead me to the people, to the conversations, to where you're already at work. And I pray, God, you do the work. I am available. Use me for your glory. And so then as I go and as I'm, you know, you talk to other people and you're interacting and I'm just saying, God, it's up to you. I'm waiting on you. I'm abiding in you and trusting that you're going to bear fruit. And then we trust him. And then we pay attention and we listen. And we're, and, and we're willing to depend on him for obedience and for boldness to open our mouths to speak the good news of Jesus when, when we see those opportunities, when God opens those doors for us. And when we, steal, when we feel ourselves start to panic, 
and say, okay, but I got to do something. We come right back to the beginning and we pray that prayer all over again. Okay, I'm not the one that makes all this happen. God, you are the one who's at work. Let me join with you. I don't have to start it. God, you've already begun the work. We say, God, help me. We can't make it happen. We need him to do it. And so a natural result of abiding in Christ will be the fruit of evangelism in our lives, that we will share the good news of Jesus that's working in us and that it will naturally overflow out of us. Think about it. This is such a joyous thing because it takes this idea. I mean, evangelism, that's a big, scary word. Like right? It's like, oh, okay, I don't really know. But it takes it to just saying, you know what? I'm just going to enjoy Christ. I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to love and follow him. And I'm going to say, God, I'm yours. I'm available. God, would you overflow out of my life? Give me boldness to speak. Give me grace to live out the gospel in any situation, in any scenario that I'm in. And God does the work as we pay attention and as we are aware of what God is doing around us. It becomes an overflow. So we close this morning. Here's the question I want you to consider. Am I abiding in Christ? Ask yourself that. Am I finding my home in him? Is there fruit or evidence in my life that I'm abiding in Christ? Can you take the time to regularly examine your own life to say, God, show me. Show me in the places where I'm not abiding. Here is the good news. God's grace is sufficient. His love, his patience, they never run out. So run to him today. Be honest with the Lord this morning. Repent if necessary. Turn away. Say, God, I have been living in this way, but I don't want to live that way anymore. I'm coming back in this moment to abide in you. Come back to a place of complete trust and complete abiding in him. And here's the thing. We do that in the moment that we're in, and 10 minutes later we may realize, wait a minute, I'm not abiding. <laughs> I've forgotten. That's what we do. We turn right back around and say, oh, God, help me abide in you. And God's patience never runs out. And over time we're growing and we're learning, and all of a sudden we'll realize, you know what? I, I'm, I've, I find myself abiding in Christ more often than not because it's a process of growth of God working in us we come back to him, we run back to him. The message of Jesus is good news. It's good news that we don't have to earn our way to God. We don't have to clean up our lives and be better. We simply realize I'm broken, I'm sinful, and I can't fix myself. It's impossible for us to earn our way to God because of our sin and our rebellion against him. But instead, we are invited to put our faith in Jesus who died and rose again. He has taken our sin upon himself on the cross. And by putting our faith in Jesus, our sin is forgiven. And by his grace, we are brought into a right relationship with God. We're no longer separated, but we are connected. We are brought into a place of abiding. This is such good news. Think about this. If Christianity was all on our shoulders to live it out, to do it, this would not be fun. <laughs> it would be a burden. That is not what Scripture shows us. It is joy. It is being with 
Jesus. It is him doing the heavy lifting. It is him doing the work. And we simply get to say, God, I just get to join with you in what you're doing in me and what you're doing around me. What great joy. And knowing that that just continues on into eternity, that one day we will be with him in eternity, not because of our own goodness, but because of Jesus. And so run to him today. Maybe run back to him today. Maybe you need to put your faith in Jesus for the first time and he welcomes you. Simply confess your sin and put your faith in the work that Jesus has done, that he died on the cross to pay the price of your sin and he rose from the dead conquering death. And it's by his grace, the free gift of God, that we can be saved. So put your faith in Jesus. And if you've been trying to prove yourself to God or to earn something from him or make yourself acceptable, then today stop, give up because you can't. Because there's something better at work. You can trust him. You can put your faith in him and what he has done. He has accomplished the work and he will do his work through you and in you. Bearing fruit is the natural result of abiding in Christ. I have been thankful for this series and it's, it's probably, I mean, we regularly need to run back to this and be reminded of this. That the, the power of the Christian life is found in abiding in Jesus. The, this, it's not really a secret. God's not hiding from us, but this sometimes secret that we need to remember is, you know what? It is not on me to do whatever it is. But it's on me to abide in Christ, to run to him, and he does the work in us. It's such a joyous thing, and it's a good thing that God invites us into.